You're listening to. And you're listening to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 129 of the Collabcast. Why do you say that with such uncertainty? Because I'm not sure. You're the producer, Mark. There's been so many. Um, it's Monday, July the 24th. No, July the 17th. Let me start that over. <laughs> and hey, everyone, welcome to episode 129 of the Collabcast. My name is Marvin Ye. Hi, I'm Mindy Chang. And it is Monday, July the 17th, 2017. It's 71717, which backwards is it's Palindrome palindrome Day. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the nerdiest start to the thing. It's also my last day being 21. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie. Sure. But anyway, tomorrow's my birthday. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure you turned 30 on this podcast. Shut up. No, I didn't. Um, welcome to our weekly look at pop culture and Asian America. Um, this week, we have a very special guest with us. Yay! Um, Mr. David Nin. Hey. Hi, David. Um, Hi, guys. the Kickstarter. He is the... C- from the Kickstarter. <laughs> the Kickstarter. Marvin has a tendency to make everything very, very exalted by adding the <laughs> i mean we're global so right yeah. <laughs> um, the kickstarter david we're is the, the guy the man in charge of basically if you ever start a kickstarter for a creative project um you're under his umbrella he is your pr guy or he's in charge of your pr guy um, well, I'm one of many employees there, but like <laughs> my specialization is PR. <laughs> yeah, you wield a lot of power. Um, David and I met at the at a podcast event back yeah. in um, at South by Southwest. It well, we were originally we we met at Sundance when you were doing the podcast. That's at true. We, we did didn't originally meet too? at Sundance because we didn't know each other. David though. was doing PR for um, so during Sundance, if you remember, Minji and I helped out um, with the uh, the Daily Buzz, which is was it Salt Lake City NPR, Public Radio. Yeah. Daily recap of the Sundance Film Festival, and David was there. With- That's how I know you. Yeah, and your interviewer John Waldman is yeah. the man who helped me get my entry into film. So it so all comes full shut circle. Up. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've known him so long. Sorry, yeah. I'm the annoying girl that says "shut up." <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, David's in town because he is a juror for Outfest 2017, which is the. Um, LGBTQ focused film festival here in Los Angeles, um, which uh, which featured quite a few Asian American films as well. Yeah, we saw um, a friend of ours, Han Park. She did BKPI. I was there. It was incredible. Which was incredible. I actually got a sneak peek when I was in my New York life back last year. That's when I met her actually through friends, and it was hilarious. Yeah, and I got really emotional at the. The dad part, per usual. Like, oh, yes. Anything parents. This is like an ongoing theme. Anytime I see oh, something gosh, with Asian yes. parents, I go, Do I know it? <laughs> and it was just, you know, for a short, it was just a lot of emotional impact. I mean, yeah. I've definitely been there. 
Yeah. It goes to show, it's, it goes, representation and from our own voices is important. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah there's also other great Asian American films happening. There's a, a film starring Constance Wu that's um, showing tomorrow night. What? Yep. What the Feels. The I feels? haven't seen it yet, but it's on <laughs> my schedule. That's the best title I've ever heard. That is <laughs> yeah, my life. The Feels. Um, <laughs> and I saw one last night that was a musical with uh, Jenna Ushkowitz, which mm-hmm. was really great. And I'm seeing a doc later called Boys for Sale about oh. Japanese, young Japanese rent boys, oh which should be interesting. Um, and they also had a queer, it was called Q&A. It was like a queer... Not queer, sorry. It was um, an all um, queer Asian showcase wow. uh, of shorts. So it was queer. I'm just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Duh. All right. Awesome. Well, we're, we'll talk more with David about Alphas and Kickstarter after the break. But before we get there, we start off every week with a roundtable uh, where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture. And um, this week, let's start with David. Oh my gosh, where do I start? <laughs> start with our beloved guest. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm here for Outfest to be on the jury. It's It's been an incredible eye-opening experience and just seeing a lot of Asian shorts and like a lot of films where um, there's Asian actors where, you know, the storyline isn't about them struggling, but kind of really part of this great narrative <laughs> is great. And so I've been hanging out with... Um, some Asian directors, and um, some of them took me out in West Hollywood to Game Boy, G-A-M-B-O-I. I have not been there. Gay Asian male. It's a uh, all um, queer Asian uh, dance party they do every week in West what? Hollywood. So I was like, okay. <laughs> what? Um, they did it in San Francisco once, and I went, and it was like really like overwhelming and exciting. And then um, I guess they do it here in L.A. too. So we all went, and it's just like... I guess for me, it was just really eye-opening because you're like literally at this club and it's all gay, (laughs) queer Asians. Wow. And they play like pop music and like hip-hop and like K-pop. And, you know, I just felt, you know, and I met so many other queer Asians. And for me, it was just really sort of very empowering and exciting. And like everybody was in all different fields. And, you know, I'm, you know, despite the, even though I live in New York, like I actually don't feel that like my friend base is very heavily queer and Asian. So like, it was incredible. It was just kind of super eye opening and like liberating. Awesome. And, I mean, liberating. Yeah, and then, yeah. That's honest. Well, the thing that I can like in that too is like when I found people that in the Asian community that I feel really, I guess aligned because I was in different Asian orgs, but I, that's honestly how I felt with collaboration. That sounds super <laughs> cheesy, but it's like, it, oh, it's like, oh, these are my peeps, and we, yeah. well, I mean, we you, get you, it. You look for your community sometimes, Completely. especially for people who crave it, or like even the people who don't like, end up in it. You find out it's it's again, you don't know what you need until you have it. Until you find it, and yeah. you realize and that you know. oh, it's been this is what's been missing, right? Especially in today's world where it's so easy to be connected but not connected through social media and Facebook, Twitter, like to know to be, like be friends with people but not really see them regularly. Right? There's that feeling of like connection with your physical community that can kind of get lost if, you, and if just, you're not careful. You know, you're a force when you're with you know your right. community, yeah. and that's yeah. one thing I've learned, especially working in the film industry. And you know, the film industry, you know, talk about pop culture and everything going on. <laughs> I mean, everything going on with how we get paid, you yeah. know, our representation yes. in media, and yes. you know, us trying to be in the room, the writers' room, and getting roles. It's all like still like 
a, such a struggle. And like, you know, we're still being told, well, you know, especially with all that happened with Hawaii Five-O, they're still telling us like, well, we did give them a significant pay raise. And it's like, well, no, but it still wasn't equal. So <laughs> right. like, as a, know, as a PR guy, the messaging you, you was just like, straight through the, the yeah, BS. Yeah, <laughs> it was such BS. And I was so angry. You're like, I see some, I hear spinning happening. Like, <laughs> I mean, in a bad spin. Yeah. And, and all that is just ridiculous. So I guess working in this industry, I've seen a lot and like, you know, and even growing up with, you know, the representation that I saw was very, very limited. You right. know, like, I mean, I'm a little bit older. So like growing up, like, the first thing I remember was like Dustin Wynn from 21 Jump Street. And he was like, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and, um, you know, now we have a lot, but you know, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. And we had what, like Trini from Power Rangers. Well, yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> okay. The thing that I just can't, well, first of all, I'm jealous that I like miss out on a dance party in West Hollywood is always like, I mean, I'll go with you on Friday. I, do every Friday. Actually, <laughs> on, dear, on Friday, we're <laughs> headed up to the Bay for our collaboration. But, uh, we uh, don't try to pretend you're not going to a dance party in, at, after collaboration. I will. Years. I'm saying I can't go with him. I'm like <laughs> devastated. That that sucks. Don't put salt on the wound. Um, but West Hollywood's amazing, and and I I'm from San Francisco, so I feel like the Bay Area too is just like that that sense of one of my friends actually called it out, and this is again not a superiority complex or anything, but I was like I feel like there's a, a tie from Bay Area community people. And I was like, well, what do you think it is? And it's kind of like, I don't sound like an arrogant butt face. But I'll just say it because I think it's true. It's like a level of consciousness mm-hmm. that we grew up with. And again, we didn't ask for it. But like people around us were very entrepreneurial. They're very tech like crazy and Completely. academia and all that stuff and, and very social justice driven. So I feel like that conversation of, of even being Asian and queer, I, I, got, I feel like I got exposed to that earlier than some of my friends that I've met, because you know, I don't know, I don't know how much younger I am than you, but like <laughs> even just in like high school and, and college, I feel like there were still levels of of you know discomfort or just like all this all these issues. But I feel like I was lucky to meet people who were a lot more bold about it because I got to like honestly just being in high school and knowing that like the capture was there and stuff. <laughs> God, I had nothing like that. <laughs> I grew up yeah. in Houston. And, and I grew up like Baptist <laughs> Korean, you know what I mean? Like conservative Korean. I mean, that's the thing with community, right? Community means not only you have your peers, but you have your seniors and your juniors. And that's why it's so important because um, we're at this point right now, like, <laughs> I mean, David kind of illustrates it, where we have seniors who are lifting juniors up, kind of like everyone is moving forward, right? Uh, we can we kind of see this through collaboration through our like being in different cities where the Asian American conversation as an Asian American identity um, and a conversation is at different levels, right? Like I I was fortunate to grow up in San Gabriel where my schools were like my schools from elementary school to college where there was never a point where Asian we were less than like forty percent of the wow. entire school population. Oh gosh, right? not me, that was not my life, that was not my life at all. <laughs> So and then there, there are people who you know were the only Asian, and for them like you, they couldn't, the like they didn't have a chance to have that conversation, have people show them or talk to them about until maybe college when they met others. Right, right, yeah, right. Completely. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same with the LGBTQ like community and things like that. Like being open with yourself as as 
as yourself. Yeah, is, I mean, yeah. I grew up in Houston, and you know, there is it's very heavily Vietnamese. So I <laughs> I got a little bit of that because we grew up Catholic in a very Vietnamese area. But mm. my school was heavily Latino and Mexican, <laughs> and um, you know, I had my Asian friends and stuff. But I think still being Asian felt problematic for me growing up because I was teased like all the time and I got the ching chongs and then not that on top of that I got like sort of the homophobia and so like trying to juggle that in my mind as a kid was like really real it was tough but it was like it sort of I grew a thick skin very very fast and you know I was always super driven to sort of figure out what I wanted to do with my life and then I was always searching for that representation and Mm. you know I I watched every Asian movie I could see. I watched every <laughs> LGBT film that I could find. And, and you know, I decided at an early age that, you know, I want to go to New York. I want to go to L.A. I want to go somewhere really big and work in, in film. Get out of Texas. Get, get the F out of Texas. No, I love Texas. I still go back all the time and see I love my Texas family. Too. They're all there. And it's, it's a great, great state with a lot of amazing um, arts and culture things and, like, you know, huge, huge uh, Asian communities. But... Um, <laughs> a lot of young people is just in general, like kind of wanting to gain new perspective and then break through this bubble that you've, you've, you've grown in, especially when you're like figuring out who the heck you are. Yeah. You know, and dealing with XYZ <laughs> like your whole life here. And it's something I'm go over there. Yeah. Something Jenny Yang said at like one of the conferences was like, well, you know, you do your immigrant checklist and, you know, you go to college <laughs> and you better get your degree and you better get your degree in four years or else. And, and I didn't do that. I did. I kind of did all that, you know, because my parents, you know, were very aggressive about it, and they wanted me to, you know, be a doctor, or a lawyer. Or, but they, I think, they figured out really early on that I, I was very anti that, and, <laughs> and after a while, they just kind of left me alone. But it was a struggle, you know, trying to figure that out. Yeah. <sighs> so many things. I could. This could be like the whole Completely. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a conversation we've had nonstop a lot. Yeah. You know, it's. it's, it's What's I up? love from every guest because it's like there's always a different nuance to everyone's experience. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. What's on your mind, Minji? Mine is on representation too, just this whole Aladdin debacle. Have you heard this? Oh, I've heard of it. I yeah. started reading Disney's it. Disney's having trouble finding a Middle Eastern. Where in the world can Indian? we find somebody who is brown Do you and think, sings? Do you think I don't know. Do you, we have a shortage. Well, a lot of people are saying just go to India because there's a whole Bollywood scene. Literally. Yeah, Do you think it's like analysis paralysis where like they're afraid if they pick an Indian guy, they play an Arabic guy, they would get in trouble for that? I mean, they've already been very clear. PR. It's like, yeah. goes back to PR. <laughs> they've already stated like we're looking for someone from Arabic or Indian descent. Mm. And like, so then in that case, you technically have your grounds covered. So if you chose somebody who's Indian, fine. And there's literally millions of people. And I've been to Mumbai and there are so many people like that's the Bollywood capital. I'm sure you can find. And Did I I read it correctly that they're casting Will Smith as the genie? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's glossing over that. I was like, so like your authenticity argument is already shot right there. Yeah, completely. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. And this guy, Richie, and I don't know m- much about this guy, but already... Guy like, Ritchie? Yeah. He's, he's married he's, to Madonna. Was all married I know Madonna. is, yeah, exactly. Madonna's ex. Directed Snatch. Snatch um, yeah. Sherlock Cake, Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. He's, he's um, famous for his like really frenetic editing style. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been educated in that. But... <laughs> Like, but just the excuses they're giving—it's like, oh, you know, they're trying, they're they're doing an international search, but it's like somehow they're not unearthing anyone. It's just kind of ridiculous. You know? Just cast Riz Ahmed and have him rap instead of sing, man. That'd be so awesome. 
Well, and then they're, they're coming up with things like, oh, well, we want we want someone in their twenty, like need someone in their twenties. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, Asian don't raisin. So what are you yeah. saying? Can we bring up Dawson's Creek it's, and how like 30-year-olds were playing 16-year-olds? Yeah. just then, a lot of excuses. But then you also bring up Spider-Man and like so much, how much better a, a high school movie is when it's actually played I by know, young I people. I know. I'm making excuses um, just to fit my agenda. Excuse me. Um, but also it. like, obviously, this is, it's automatically an inferior Aladdin because they don't have the original Princess Jasmine voice. Oh, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it's just like, again, I- I'm sure they're doing their search. I'm just curious what their avenues are. I think specifically with Asian American Pacific Islanders, we are a newer, more emerging demographic. You know, who knows? To- and I've talked about this so extensively because I'm an actor and I, you know, just from my tiny little window of experience, I go to acting classes and workshops and whatnot. I don't see a lot of people of color there. So, you know, Hollywood is great. And so is the world. You know, we're all kind of pursuing that craft. So it, I, I don't know to what extent, like I did my own casting for for my uh, for a white male love interest. I got 73 submissions for an Asian father. I got two so I get it. it's a numbers game, you know, but also like do if you're really just going to do that claim authenticity, you're like doing your due diligence, then actually do your due diligence. So that's I have a huge like I question you deeply, Guy Ritchie. Completely. It's just it's very simple. Just look harder yeah. <laughs> or open your eyes wider. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I feel like people will just I don't know. And I'm guilty of that, too. We'll say, like, I tried everything. And no, you didn't. (laughs) I asked three people. It was so hard. (laughs) No, if you're casting your star, go to the ends of the earth. Like, do your job. Find your star. I don't know. (laughs) It's my rant. (laughs) I feel like this is... Because their strategy of making live-action versions of all their classic movies are already kind of like, uh, ugh. I don't know how to feel about that. Emma Watson. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. Homegirl is adorable. I think she's a lovely woman, but Homegirl cannot sing. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you're telling me she, you put her in Belle. Okay, I'm sorry. Now we're getting like, well, Atlanta yeah. and these are two of my like favorite Disney movies. Can we go back to my favorite um, thing about the movie where it's like, it's a French movie. No one speaks French. Oh, I know. That here. that also. At all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I haven't even seen Authenticity. it. Authenticity. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> They're already on like a no. good track record with that and Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, just yeah, I mean, this movie just for so many levels as an Asian American, as a millennial who grew up with like Aladdin was my life. Mm-hmm. I learned that on piano, y'all. And I was like quit <laughs> piano, but I didn't quit Aladdin. You know, mm. it means a lot. Like, yeah, find your star. What was your Disney movie, David? Mine? Oh, gosh. Well, I love Sleeping Beauty. I love the music for it. But I mean, it was, it really was like Little Mermaid and then that whole trifecta of Little Mermaid and then Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and stuff. That was kind of my era because I was, you know, a preteen. I still love it, though. Lion King was good. Little Mermaid was my princess. I just went to Disneyland the other day, actually. Because I grew up. No. I mean, I used to have family in Anaheim. So, like, I kind of was curious to go back to sort of see what it was like. And it was just kind of seeing as an adult is very bizarre. Yeah. It's not Um, a good time to go to. It's so crowded because it's summer and it's hot. Like, the entire state of California is on fire right now. Yeah. Yeah. Heat wave. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the stickiest, stickiest place on earth. (laughs) A power station. Up in the valley, literally exploded the other day. Oh my goodness! Oh my God. 
It's crazy. Well, come on, Guy Ritchie slash Disney. Like, <laughs> get it together. Us. Get Seriously. it together. Find us a good Aladdin. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but back to, sorry, I interrupted your Disneyland story. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It just was really sort of interesting to go as an adult because when you, when I was a kid, it just seemed so grand and magical. <laughs> and then, like, my friend and I, we were going through a small world, and uh, he oh. was like, I find this a little problematic. I mean, it's not. It's such a problematic. It's, it's so problematic in so many ways. So, you know, the kids were like enjoying it and like pointing, and we were just kind of reading the whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, it's so sanitized. And at the end, everyone's just wearing like white mm. <laughs> and like. They're one, and they all, you know, we were like, if this was really small world, it would be, you know, the re- reality representation would be like oh. poverty and like, you know, third world countries where people are struggling. And like, I'm going to put in another fact what I just learned this morning is that Antarctica needs to be redrawn because a big ice shelf broke off. Oh, yeah. And it's the it's largest, melt. it's the largest iceberg in like history. It's so like 13 it, miles or something like that. It needs to be redrawn. So we, it's a smaller world after. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be gone. We're, so, we're, <laughs> we're not trying to be more of it. We're Save totally the screwed. earth. Watch Okja. Less carbon late. footprint. It's too late. No. <laughs> I refuse. I'll be always the optimist. The <laughs> nagging optimist. At this point, I should just go enjoy myself and buy a Hummer. And no. Just, uh, and just, just rage till the end. Till, till it's, it's all over. Mad Max all of a sudden. <laughs> God. Um... I guess uh, what's on my mind I'm going to Comic Con next week for the first time Ooh, cool. not the first time I've been before but for the first time as like a member of the press nice awesome. which whatever so that means represent yeah so I'm looking forward to collecting audio for this podcast and some of the other uh, podcasts that I do talking to Asian American um, comic book writers illustrators um, maybe you know meeting Thor <laughs> <laughs> if you do and you do not Skype me. No, I'm Skyping, I'm Skyping my girlfriend because she loves him more. And, well, okay, fine. More than me. But also then she has to <laughs> Skype me in and we just need to have like a meta. Had you gone before? I've been session. before as a, so um, my college roommate's brother works for comics. So he would always get, have like access to like a, a, a guest batch and he would be done by Sunday. So I would just take his batch to go on Sundays. Um, so I've, I've been before. Last time I went, um, it was, during the Twilight craze. Yeah. So people oh. had been waiting. Like, there was like Twilight, New Moon Freak. stuff everywhere. Were you team Edward Crazy. or team... What's his other guy's name? Which one's the werewolf? Oh, it's, um, Taylor Lautner. He seems... What was his character's name? Oh, God, I don't remember. See? Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. Team Taylor... Or uh, Edward or team Jacob. Team Jacob and team like... Like creepy stalker face. <laughs> Diamonds. He <laughs> shimmers, Marvin. God. I've never seen any Twilight movie. I saw um, one. I've seen them all. I saw a re- <laughs> <laughs> I actually have seen them all. He's like, They're what do fun. you want to know? Minute what? Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. They're fun. Uh, I'm actually excited about Thor because of, um, I'm hoping I, we can run into somehow the director because director is a Pacific Islander. He's a New oh, Zealander. Oh, great. Um, Taika Waititi. Very oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've worked with Taika before. Oh, really? Yeah. He did um, What We Do in Shadows. Yeah. Which is really, really amazing. funny. Speaking of vamp- a superior vampire. Yeah. It, it was really <laughs> well done and he did this other really amazing film called boy um i haven't seen i, 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 I watched them hunt for the water people oh okay yeah. he did boy um watched, the kid that look is looking for his dad oh that's boy okay never mind 
the kid that yeah i think yeah i haven't seen it in so long though okay. but it's on netflix okay but he's he's that's great yeah. yeah i had no idea he was directing door actually yeah so cool that's amazing. A- now I'm really jelly now. Um, I was like, fine, I find a Comic Con, don't care, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I'm going to tag along with the other like people of color <laughs> press corps to like, find awesome. out where all the parties are, I guess. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting going as a Asian American outlet because like the coverage spectrum is a lot narrower, but I'm still getting all this like cool invites to cover other things. Very cool. Completely. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's how it felt for uh, South by. I mean, not South by for Sundance when we were there for Daily Buzz because uh-huh. we were there for a very specific thing for the, the for the interviewing of the filmmakers. But then we get to know about all the other things, and that's why I'm just like your world that's going on yeah. is redonk. I can't because it was like the why film world. So many emails. Yeah. Yes. What movie were you there for again? Well, we weren't. We were there. Uh, you know, we have a partnership with Sundance where we help. Uh, uh, advise oh, right. and nurture filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we we had a house and we had like activations and parties and dinners and so we were supporting um, films that have used Kickstarter right. before mm. as well as alumni who had used Kickstarter and um, that includes Taika. Taika used Kickstarter for what yeah. we do in Shadows and that was highly successful. Very and cool. Gook was also um, a, had ran a Kickstarter campaign as yeah. well. So we were just, our team was just there, you know, on the ground to just celebrate and, and highlight to press like all at, the work that we do. Yeah. I was at your house, the fun, uh, the Kickstarter house last year for Andrew, for Andrew right. on. For oh, the karaoke spa night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yes. was amazing. <laughs> karaoke roulette. Low key. I met yeah. Elijah Wood there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He Frodo. sang. So I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were, we were always in the same place, David. We just didn't get yeah. to like, <laughs> chat the way we get to right now. Yeah. Now I'll just have to complete it by taking to the gay Asian <laughs> party, party and dancing <laughs> out with you. I'm sorry, but I, I gotta say all the gay parties that I've gone to best music. Because it's just like the dancing is incomparable. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. <laughs> there's Everyone just so else. much. There's so much energy that needs yes. to be released. <laughs> you know? Yes, I can believe that. <laughs> I've never been. I should. I should go. Let's it's go. It's really fun. It's so fun, and you know, it's very yeah. Like I said, it was really empowering just to so just fun, yeah. just be in a room with just all queer Asians. Well, what I hear about West Hollywood is increasingly a lot of straight guys go there because they're literally preying on all the girls who are having fun, really? like in the safety of being oh, with their gay best. Oh, oh gosh it's terrible that's the new thing <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of like the catch 22 of like everybody becoming one big happy family we're like hey <laughs> stop lurking go away um yeah next week um i'll probably have some cool stuff from comic-con to talk about very awesome cool. uh, we're gonna take a quick break right now and then we'll be back to talk more with david yay Woo! Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Just want to thank you all for listening to this episode of The Collabcast. I hope you're having a good time. Um, the Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration. We're a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, connecting, and showcasing the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can learn more about Collaboration, uh, check out our content, and also our upcoming shows by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. 
Um, just a couple updates from the collaboration movement. Congratulations to our team at Collaboration San Francisco for successfully holding their 2017 Talent Showcase, and congratulations to the hip hop soul group New Ethnic for winning the 2017 Collaboration SF Showcase. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys along with the other Collaboration City Showcase winners. At the 2017 Collaboration Star Finale Showcase taking place this fall in Los Angeles. We have two more Collaboration City Showcases coming up um, leading up to the finale. Next up is Collaboration Los Angeles taking place on Saturday, July 29th at the David Henry Wayne Theater in the Little Tokyo neighborhood of downtown Los Angeles. The David Henry Wayne Theater, of course, is the home of East West Players, the nation's longest running Asian American repertory theater. If you're in L.A., you can learn more about the show and get your tickets by going to the website www.collabla.org. Also coming up on Saturday, August 5th, is Collaboration Houston. Um, it'll be an all-star showcase featuring Kina Granis taking place at the Stafford Center in Stafford, Texas. Learn more about the show and also how to get tickets by visiting the Collaboration website, again, at www.collaboration.org. And one last thing before we go, the Collabcast is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts and podcasters featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. Each week, I like to highlight a different podcast from the collective. And this week, um, I'd be remiss not to mention a very special episode of They Call Us Bruce. They Call Us Bruce, of course, is a podcast featuring some of the most respected voices in Asian America. Um, Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man fame and longtime writer, editor, and super dad, um, Jeff Yang. This week's episode of They Call Us Bruce is a live podcast that was recorded at the Asian American Comic Con that took place this past weekend. And their special guest is none other than the great George Takei. I assisted in producing this episode, and it's definitely one that you don't want to miss. Um, check out They Call Us Bruce, along with the other great programs of the Potluck Collective. Um, again, by going to the website, www.podcastpotluck.com. And that'll do it for this break. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. Let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. It's episode 129. We are here with our guest, David Nin of hey. Kickstarter. What's up? Woo! And yeah, do we some. The Kickstarter. The Kickstarter. The, the one, one and, and only. only. The one and only. <laughs> <laughs> Incomparable. Um, Incomparable. I mean, that's going to be my word for the day. And we're here to. Um, I invited David to our podcast back at back at South by Southwest because he was like, oh, "I'll be in town in July for Brawlfest." I know. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm here. LA is the trip. Well, I love it. So I must ask David because sure. you're our guest. <laughs> what did you think of our panel? <laughs> Oh my god, it was incredible! I so felt, background. I felt, yeah, I fell into it and randomly, and it was great. Yeah, uh, so a little background. David was at our South by Southwest Asian American Representation Panel that we did. Um, you can watch the full thing on uh, YouTube and on Facebook. I have shared it around too to other <gasps> nice. Asians. I'm disseminating the, our wisdom, your your wisdom how, to others. How did you stumble into it? Well, I actually got locked out of a screening and I was like, crap, well, how, I want to see this movie. And then, you know how South By is. It's amazing. It's overwhelming. And you know, if you get if you can't get into one thing, there's 20 other things exactly. to go to. And I was just scouring. I was like, oh my God, like, why was this not on my radar? And then I ran, I literally hide tailed it over <laughs> and i got some I, cardio i actually was really and you they it had just started and how packed the room was and it the does. energy was incredible and um you know 
everybody on the panel was great. And, um, you know, I, I like that they started the panel by going, okay, let's start this off, you know, like introduce yourselves to each other, why you're here, what you're doing. And then after that, it was like, okay, we're just going to talk about stereotypes, like just shout out some stereotypes. And then people were like, weak, can't drive, like <laughs> nerd. <laughs> like, and, Good and you guys did a great job with, you know, sort of riling up the audience and getting them, you know, empowered and like listening and everybody wanted to ask questions during the Q and a. And, and I think more and more of those panels are needed. Like I haven't, I can't remember the last time I was in an all Asian panel where we talked about, you know, creativity, you know, and using, you know, (laughs) harnessing your creative energy to, to put work out into the world. It's funny because like, I feel like every other panel we go to here in LA is that, but it's (laughs) hashtag blessed again. Like we're in a bubble here, right? You know. Sorry to start off your segment by having you like toot our horns. I want to hear a a PR spin. I'm all about to. Yeah, but Dante on your panel, what literally he had a campaign on Kickstarter that was live at the same time, and he was it was at the same. Oh my god! I forget. There's so so many things happening at that time. It was great, and and I've always wanted to meet angry Asian man. He's like one of my heroes, and and he's one of the nicest people dude. which everyone's like yeah. why aren't you old and horrible like, <laughs> you're like a nice he's young getting, charming he, he, has a, he has a young baby he's getting, he's getting he's tired getting now he's like, <laughs> I hate all of you leave me alone he's angrier <laughs> tireder which is tireder the same thing. more tired yeah. yeah I mean it's funny because we had a really great packed house and now we're talking about the panel again but right before there was a panel on the dreamers that was like almost empty and it was kind of like we which were was not okay we the dreamers to, yeah like the dream like people like kids who were brought to the states oh I with their see. parents yeah, that, yes, without yes. citizenship yeah and then they're covered under the dream act yeah yeah that's right a very important topic but yeah. yeah people showed up in numbers for the, the i think it's just the novelty of it yeah and, and i, I think like, you know i think a lot of asians also like they were asking in the room like okay who here is in a creative field and like half the room raised their hand who here is in more of a tech field and half the that's room raised their hand during the, the interactive yeah it was super diverse yeah. and everyone was like okay you could both have to work together to like <laughs> get work out you know and, i loved it and that's what we were always like obviously we can always have jenny yang like throw it down and call people yeah. to action oh she threw it down yeah, <laughs> yeah. so she's like so then see now <laughs> yeah and then everything she said was on point you know like you have to be louder we have to be you know yeah angrier and louder and visible right well speaking of people in tech and people in creatives working <laughs> together um i feel like that is literally your job literally <laughs> how long have you been with kickstarter i don't even, i don't know this i've story. been there almost two years it's it's an amazing amazing place um we are pretty young we we're you know we started in 2009 um and you know everyone knows what crowdfunding is by now and what yeah. our, sort of our brand does but um a lot of people don't know you know they're like oh you work for a tech company and I, I really don't even see it that way. It is a tech company, but you know, we also see ourselves very much an arts and culture organization um, where we help artists and creators put out work into the world. And my day to day really is focused on helping the categories um, in arts and culture um, yeah. work with creators who put out work, whether it's film, music, art, publishing, comedy. Everything. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, started. bring it. It's but ready. I want to ask you on the podcast. It's like more of my life. Like, how do I? like career advice <laughs> yeah how do I proceed well it's great um, and Kickstarter because of Kickstarter a lot of cool stuff has come out like feature length movies like Spa Night completely um, like Gook like yeah. Twinsters was even on Twinsters was on, was on Kickstarter right yes I think so 
Yeah. Um, and I remember my first, the first time I saw Kickstarter was a campaign for a collaboration-related project. Um, collaboration Seattle alum, um, Go and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron Kim yeah. wanted to do a full-length music video version of a teaser that they did for Collaboration Seattle. Right. And that was being funded on Kickstarter. Yeah. And that was like the first time I was like, I can, I can give you money and you can make this video. It's like, such a new frontier of yeah. like, wow, we can make art together <laughs> by the sheer force of, you know, unified... Just like, here's my lunch money. Take yeah. it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we see ourselves as a unifier, you know, between creators and backers who want to help um, the creators get their work out into the world and be involved with the process and yeah. be a part of that journey. Um, and because of that, Starts in My Eyes became a music video. It did. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of overwhelming because, you know, I've only been there a little under two years, but mm-hmm. so many works have been brought to life. So sometimes, you know... I'll run into somebody and they'll be like, yeah, I did a Kickstarter in 2010 or 2011 <laughs> and I have no idea what it is, but it's, it's, it's pretty incredible um, yeah, to be able to work directly with, um, with them on not just fundraising, but getting the word out and getting the buzz out. Right. Yeah. And then you're saying so like, cause again, I'm learning your story right now, yeah. but you're mentioning that you've done so many different jobs and it's, <laughs> n- it's not been any sort of so linear many. path. Yeah. And you did, you did journalism or. Oh gosh. Going- I started my career as a journalism major. Cause I was like, I want to work for a newspaper and you know, and I did. I worked. Um, the most stable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, this is like the, I'm older. This is the early 2000s. So I worked at the Dallas morning news so did my friend. Who? I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. yeah. And um, they actually, you know, I was like their fashion reporter. So I was just like, wow, okay, this is fun. I get to travel. I get to go to fashion week. And nice. I'd, I'd always been, you know, I always was super into film, but I just didn't really know how to break through. So, you know, this is back when blogging was starting. So, you know, I would just go to the film team and be like, hey, can I like blog something? Can I like, cover something? And, and you know, I, since then I, I transitioned and got a film job in New York and was very, very lucky to work at the Film Society of Lincoln Center where nice. we worked with the New York Asian Film Festival was wow. as a huge showcase for them. And, you know, I got to meet like every celeb, you know, <laughs> under the sun, Asian like celeb. Under Were the you sun interviewing all of them? You're- no, no, no. I was doing PR. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm just a full-time uh, publicist and PR person. Which your which your parents are still a little bit yeah they're I you know foggy about <laughs> I think they're still trying to be like what do you write again and like how do you like are you are you in print can you send it to us now I think I think they just you know explaining to them what I do is a little difficult because it's like oh I help promote things you know and my mom is kind of like oh okay like but how much are you getting paid like if you're promoting them a lot like do you get like part of the profit from Kickstarter do you get I mean if you're help, you know so it's kind of very interesting how I think you have to break it down because I think for the most part, they're only asking because they want to know what to tell the other parents. Of course. What their son does. Yeah, it's that competition. <laughs> it's never it's never ending. It's that measuring up. And, um, you know, I felt that growing up for sure. And, you know, and, and it was very frustrating. But, you know, I also, you know, now as an adult have a different relationship with my parents than I did right. growing up, for you sure. know, where yeah. it's not, I mean, they're still parents and very Asian parental but it's just not as aggressive because <laughs> right. now they're like okay whew, more he, subtle. he's taking care of himself we don't have to like pay for anything like, no, you just need to send them pictures of you with celebrities and they can just social oh that. when i got in the korean newspaper it was just like you yeah know, I, that's I, how you I, know I, you I, made it win. yeah but, okay i'm sorry but just to like re- in relation <laughs> yeah 
imagine <laughs> running a nonprofit for Asian American <laughs> diversity. Like <laughs> they are just getting on like on that train. And my mm. mom's it's so cute to hear my mom explain it to her friends because she's just saying like my daughter's making Asian people important. Oh, like she's, that's like, incredible. Yeah, yeah, but like I think she other and like my dad's just been off the reservation. <laughs> like just <laughs> he's always been telling me to get a, a real job. And I think now, literally in the maybe last two years, he's like really seeing the value of yeah. what I do, but he's still Or he's giving up. Yeah, yeah. All that all of that too. And you know, he's just like nonprofit. It's oh. funny you mentioned that. I was at a um, I was at an event where they were honoring John Cho and he was saying that yeah, his parents didn't really get on board until he was featured on Korea Daily. Yep. Wow. It is, it is a milestone, you guys. Get into your parents' languages. So I need to, I need to get onto the world Public. journal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think my parents will accept me. Yes. Yeah, for Vietnamese, I think it's like Paris by night. I don't know, or something like that. I made it. Yeah. That's the that's the TV show, right? That's the variety show oh, it's, with it's, Vietnamese singers. It's so sad because it's LA, very famous. LA 18 out here in, in Los Angeles is closing. It's, I heard. It's shutting down their international oh. programming. So shows like Paris by Night or um, Cadenibas, like Why? all those shows are being shut down. Mm. That's so terrible. Well, my parents always just watch direct from Korea. I my mom my would watch that because that's where you, you, you would get the, I don't think the latest Taiwanese dramas, but like... That's how you would watch your dramas here in the states. And meanwhile, they translate those dramas with over, with Vietnamese, you know, yeah, they dubbing, do. and then we watch it. Literally, <laughs> seriously. I I met a Vietnamese woman who like pulled out her iPad, and she was because she found out I was Korean. Yeah, like, let me show you all my favorites. I was like, I don't know what any of those are, bro. But she's like, the last few years, it's, it has been Korean dramas dubbed into Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they cater specifically towards the rest of Asia. So they they I've just this is the film part of. Like understanding like what your objective is with your project, yeah. So literally get the rest of Asia as your market. You're not speaking to <laughs> Korean, like. <laughs> well, Kickstarter is um, launching in Japan very soon. We just announced <gasps> that, and so you know our international um, um, director of international growth has you know studied you know, the culture and like wow. what, what's going to resonate. We have a Japanese staff member who's over there and, and, you know, film and anime and, you know, everything is, is you know, there, there's a hunger for crowdfunding over there. So yeah, we hope it's going to be successful and exciting. That's yeah. amazing. We just launched in Mexico. Um, and so, so we're expanding very slowly around the world and, and it's kind of global. an exciting time to going global, taking over. Um, <laughs> it's an exciting time to be at Kickstarter. It's really, it's, it's, it's fascinating to sort of figure out how to connect um, community with with an artist that's trying to get something out. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like that's just a very specific marketing and a very specific Completely. PR. Yeah. Because very. it's not the same as traditional media. We're What's, literally just getting eyeballs. You're like really trying to get people who will yeah, well, it's 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 unlocking the power that the internet gives you, which is to reach individuals, right? Because yeah. in the in the past, it's been whoever is controlling the channels to reach these people. Like they deal with the big companies who have the money, but now you can you know Direct. you can directly reach someone who like likes your stuff completely. And you know, a lot of what our specialists do is help um, you know empower the creators to figure out how to you know. Everything from mounting, you know, a page with a video that's going to resonate and speak to backers to to figure out how to message their their um, their updates and and a lot of things Again, like that. So many questions. <laughs> yeah, right I ask. I well, can... I I'm curious because we we have a lot of <laughs> listeners who 
you know, I, I'm very, very honored to know that like some of our listeners have been inspired to pursue different creative pursuits and everybody has their different thing, whether that's books and, mm-hmm. and film or music or what have you. But you, you kind of like run the gamut, right? Cause you're working across the board and all these different types of creators yeah. use Kickstarter. What do you think then? What is your advice for somebody like, what are the kind of like a key elements of a successful Kickstarter campaign? Because I'm sure there's a lot of Kickstarter campaigns that have started and failed, right? Like yeah. didn't get backed and, and didn't Completely. make it. I think, you know, it starts with an idea. If you have an idea that you feel very strongly and passionate about, that's good. First of all, you need to look into, okay, has this been done? And like, how has it been done? Um, you know, there's this sort of misconception that, you know, you do a Kickstarter, you throw it up there and money's going to roll in and you're going to roll around in it. And that's really not the case. <laughs> it's kind of, if you're going to do a Kickstarter, you really have to think about your audience. Like, who is this, you know, what am I creating? Whether it's a podcast, a film, a mu- you know, a uh, music, like who is it going to speak to and how am I going to outreach that and really have a calculated plan, you know, how to reach beyond your friends and family. Is it, you know, if you're Asian, is it reaching out to high level Asian organizations and Mm -hmm. letting them know, hey, I'm creating this. Like, could you tweet about it? Could you put it in your newsletter? Um, And so we help creators think, you know, outside the box and get really creative. Mm -hmm. Um, Andrew on, you know, is a perfect example. When he did Spa Night, you know, I don't think he was like a really big brand name. Like people didn't know that much about him. But I think, you know, the story really spoke to a lot of his backers. And he was very creative with his rewards. Like one of his rewards, I think, was, you know, for a low level reward, we will shout your name out to the skies and the gods. And thank <laughs> you. And another one was like, I'll sing karaoke and send you the video and we'll dedicate it to you. So, you know, you have to like think about ways to make it fun, you know, and there's very specific things. Like if you're going to do a Kickstarter, do a, you know, put some time in your video. Don't, don't do something that's like super long and like, fuzzy and you can't hear right. you know really think about what you're gonna say in it um you know and go into detail with you know what why is this project important and why do people need to know about it right. um so we help with a lot of the with with a lot of that kind of messaging we have res- educational resources on our youtube and like on our website but we also have um a dedicated staff um with a lot of the verticals. So we have, you know, a director of music who works with musicians and our film team actually has two film people. We have a director of narrative film and a director of documentary film Mm -hmm. who works with filmmakers. Um, And we have an art team as well. And somebody specialized in art and the art world and someone specialized in um, performance and publishing. So it goes on and on. So, so basically we have a, a, a very, very dedicated team of arts and culture enthusiasts who are very um, excited to get the the word out. That's very cool. Because yeah. I feel like that's a lot of that, again, the business acumen of like how to do the right pitch or how to yeah. tell that story well so that you're, again, all of it's communication, which is Completely. why I think you yeah. have such a great and overwhelming job. But I also just think, I don't know, the, the more I get into the entertainment industry and yeah. this life, <laughs> the more I really like... It's so important to have good PR. You yeah. can be doing all the most amazing things and then no one knows about it or it's not yeah. told. 
And I think in a way, it's like, how do you do your own PR, you know? And it's like, you, if you're going to do a, if you're going to put something out into the world, you have to be bold about it. You gotta, you know, Kickstarter is kind of a place where you put your first foot forward out into the world about whatever idea or creative project you have. And, and, you know, if you're the type of creator who's super shy, which is fine, we get that too. But, you know, have a social media presence, you know, and like look into like what outlets or organizations might support your campaign and get the word out. Yeah. I mean, want to find people who will get excited that this is happening. This is a big like criticism sometimes people have is like, well, then you have celebrities making projects and that's not fair for the little guy. But I've seen little guys get funded completely just by like having the right message, talking to the right people, getting the right community excited about their project. Right. Right. Well, I mean, we use that word right, right? <laughs> and and that's, that's a hard thing to like, is when you want somebody who's like super, well, define what is right, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me, why I back certain projects, again, because I don't know necessarily what the outcome of the product will be, for me, I'm just going to reflect as a consumer. Like, I care about authenticity. I care about if it's too gimmicky, I get turned off. Mm-hmm. If if it, but it, it, there's a difference between being gimmicky and being have, being prepared. Like, you prepped a campaign. You thought about this. You thought about your rewards. You thought about Completely. your audience. And then also just like being real about like why you want to do it. I don't know. That speaks to me a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know how the the album or the film is going to ultimately turn out. Yeah. But if you can sample it to me and then also convince me through your true like passion, if that reads, then like I'll, I'll yeah. back you, you know, yeah. like, I'll put a few dollars down. Yeah. And so like, I was looking through my like Kickstarter like, <laughs> history just now. And I, I do find myself backing a lot more artistic projects than like technology projects. And there's a whole technology world where it's more of a product thing. You're pre-ordering something that right, someone's right, creating. Yeah. I did that too. And that's more like, you know, you know, you might this awesome mouse might just be total trash but that's just a risk you do but I feel like in terms of when when it comes to um, supporting art projects it's more like for me I'm feeling like okay I'm helping someone create something that will like yeah, you and you're know, part like, of the journey to help them create yeah. it. Um, and a lot of times, like if you look at my Kickstarter history, it's a lot of Asian American projects. Just yeah. because, like, it's needed. Like, we talk about we need more, sh- more, more shit, more stuff in the world, <laughs> yeah. more, more things to like for people to see. Yeah, completely. And I think, I think also, if you're going to put something out to the world, you know. Even like a dollar helps because that's like if you're a creator, that's <laughs> yes, an e- that's an email contact, does. you know, yeah. and and a, pe- a lot of creators don't realize that, you know, and and one thing if you use a Kickstarter, you you do get that list of backers, and that's that's kind of your street team that you can harness. It's your you super know? fan, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, and you got to like and people out there. I think at this point, a lot of people know, but just to reemphasize, and if you didn't know. Now, you know, it's a lot of work to maintain those, right? And that's a lot. I've heard that from friends who've yeah. done various crowd so- crowdfunding sources and just kind of realizing, well, they were working on the project that they're trying to get funded, but then ma- maintaining the campaign to stay in touch with their backers. their backers and to give the rewards and everything. That's its own job, too. So, like, again, it's more the more you know, shooting star. But um, <laughs> if you know that, you know, then it's just better to walk in informed, right? So be prepared and maybe have some people who are willing to help you. Yeah, if you have a friend or... By yourself. Yeah, I think, I think it's important if you're a creator and you're going to do a campaign that... Collaborate. you're Yeah, that you, you really are... 
You know, yes, we always hear it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. and that's where we are look at a, as a company overall looking at how we can offer resources, you know, to help alleviate that. But also, you know, if you're going to put something out in the world, you're already going to have to be hustling to get the word out regardless, yeah. whether it's via Kickstarter or via, you know, other marketing avenues. Yeah. So, okay. So for on a more technical how-to level, when's the best time? Have you seen for people to approach Kickstarting Kickstarter as a funding like mechanism, like the best like time period, like or? in terms of the life cycle of the project, right? Oh gosh, we see it all through, like from like the nugget and seed of an idea mm-hmm. to like the end game where like a film or a project's already you know been made, but they post. but then they yeah. need it for posts or they need it for you know they want to do a community tour or mm-hmm. so we Ooh. kind of see it across the spectrum. You know, or, you know, they might need the money like during they're already filming or in the process of creating. Um, But it's just being, you know, very transparent with what you need that money for and Mm -hmm. outlining that for your backers, you know. Um, So we've seen it through the whole spectrum from the beginning to, you know, different stages of of where their project is at. Yeah. There's so many questions. I know. <laughs> it's, you know, and like we, you know, if and only had a podcast to ask them out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we, I, if you're going to do a Kickstarter campaign, first of all, like we have a lot of um, materials, PDFs, like YouTube videos that, that are community channels that, yeah. that really dive into all this. So, you know, read all that stuff before you launch, you know? So that you're informed and look at other campaigns that 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 resonated. You right. know, if you're an Asian filmmaker and you're you have an Asian story, look at Andrew On's campaign. It's really good. It's very yeah. messaged very well. Look at his backer updates and how he was messaging to his backers. You know, lucky he, for me, I know him. Yeah, <laughs> just do this for me, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, plug. You guys need to see Andrew's latest projects that have been have gone live. Which Dia Framptons. I'm just plugging because she's plugging because oh. you're. It. and i got to be in it <laughs> awesome. but no it was so much fun i just i'm i'm still geeking out because i got to be directed by andrew on like yeah. i was like i'm an extra and we, to be directed by andrew on. <laughs> and we want more andrew ons you yeah. know we don't want him to exactly. be our one you know and <laughs> the, like, the story that i was in also was dia frampton deciding to you know it's her music her music video for crave which is a great song but mm. she chose to make it about a queer love story uh two men who are like beautiful i loved working with them we had so much fun i was teaching them how to karaoke oh but watching them have like watch and andrew is a director and all of it so it all i love that the circle. um the ex in the story was played by her actual boyfriend yeah 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 <laughs> Khalif, he makes a little cameo in the photo um but no like these projects i don't know i i have a very special place just because yeah the more i work in collaboration the more i get to know these artists very personally yeah. and I get to see their drive and I see their hustle and I've seen things succeed and I've seen things fail and for me I feel very blessed to know that because I learn by watching all of that but meeting you directly and getting direct Aww. advice too hi adding to the to list and get to like share this with everybody David's like the dream mass he's like the enabler of dreams oh, that is so please. crucial though like literally I cannot I cannot this podcast is a dream I mean, yeah. come on you're reaching and you're, you're reaching everyone listening I didn't I didn't grow up being able to listen to you know <laughs> anything other than Viet- Vietnamese radio where there is Asian <laughs> Asian representation for better or worse Chinese yeah. radio is very like it's very soft it's like always yeah. easy listening I never listen yeah. to Korean radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just as you know as someone who gets to see all these little nuggets of creative dreams pop up yeah. and try to 
become real boys, I guess, or real, real things. <laughs> real boys. <laughs> um, like, what's the, what, what are some trends that are really exciting in, in the world of creative I think, activity? Yeah, I, there's a lot. I, we work with, our art team works with a lot of cultural institutions. Mm-hmm. We just did a Kickstarter with LACMA, and we, <gasps> we did one with, we have worked with the Smithsonian um, mm-hmm. in D.C. We did a, they did a whole Kickstarter on um, sort of restoring uh, Dorothy's ruby red slippers oh. that really resonated, you know, <laughs> with fans. And they raised like 300K. Um, it's amazing that that's one trend that we we've been seeing and then another in our especially documentaries uh, the documentary world there's a lot of impact producers out there that are um doc a director of docs works with and Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating to see certain stories really resonate with the community um and you know we're seeing a lot of female filmmakers especially female documentary filmmakers use the site um you know, there's just, those are some things that I've noticed, but I think, you know, as sort of funding and, and crowdfunding and, you know, everything going on with arts and culture and the NEA, I think it's, it's kind of a very interesting time for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Our CEO, Yancey Strickler just went to DC to meet with politicians who kind of were like, well, why do we need the NEA if there's a Kickstarter? (laughs) And we're, we kind of were like, he actually just wrote an editorial that ran in the Hill. Um, that was like, no, like we're here to <laughs> sort of supplement. We're not, you know, it's not replacing, the, replacing, the, replacing the, NEA. the NEA. The NEA is very much needed. And, yeah. you know, we're, yeah. you know, we're here to support whatever they do. Um, For those who don't know the NEA, the National Endowment of the Arts. Which is um, on the chopping block right now because yeah. of the, the ongoing budget deliberations. I'm going to help solve that through my video that's coming about fish. That more information will be forthcoming. Minji's become a carp crusader, but we'll, we'll talk I more am. about that I'll later. Tell you about it I later. love that. <laughs> There's so many different ways, you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think we have time for one more question. Minji, sure. you got anything for David? What is your like? I guess because you've you've walked this nonlinear path, and I love that you have this very open spirit about you. Kind of. Oh, like, thank you. Go where your <laughs> the wind and your passion takes you. Do you have any idea of what your future holds? Like, do you? Like, do you think Kickstarters for like the long haul? You don't have to actually answer that, but or like, <laughs> yes, do you plan on staying at your current job? Yes, no, I'm not no. looking for a new job right now. No, like with PR <laughs> and like with your storytelling. I don't know. I just like yeah. I love your job. Well, I think for me, I don't you know, do it. But what I love this it. what this job has really empowered me, and especially working in PR. You know, I've I've have found my voice. Yeah, and it's you know, I I honestly grew up you know, shocker. I was a little shy. Um, (laughs) But I think that shyness and, you know, all the life experience I've had, you know, being discriminated or, you know, all the homophobia, like just sort of made me sort of realize, you know, I want to have a voice and I want to, you know, be able to use it in a way where I, um, you know, it's I'm almost like a mouthpiece, you know, like for PR. so So it's like, if there is a project that like, you know, has a creator that has trouble messaging, I'm glad that I can just hop on the phone with them and really help them figure out like, okay, this is how you can get the word out. And this is how I'm, then I will pitch it to an outlet and be like, you know, you need to pay attention to this because it's very special. So I like being able to be a connector. And I think that's so important being Asian, you know, because I didn't feel like I had a lot of that growing up in the arts 
in the arts world. I mean, all I remember is like Dustin Wynn and Margaret Cho had her show and watching Margaret Cho do her comedy. I mean, that was all I kind of felt like I had. And and I think my future, you know, is continuing to help creators figure out how to find their voices and get their work out into the world, particularly like, I mean, Asian and LGBT. Um, You know, I'm very proud to be Asian. and, And, you know, I honestly, you know, just growing up, there were times where I didn't feel proud of being Asian. I felt very sort of in a weird place because I was first generation and, right. you know, um, but, you know, I, I'm glad that I can work in an industry where that's all I do all day, every day is try to figure out how to connect people and how to elevate people who, who want to be creative and put their work out in the world. It's so important. Like I always was told growing up, like, you know, oh, you need to do this and you need to follow this path and you need to do that. And my only advice I give to other younger Asians <laughs> is do what you want and do, you know, you have a short life and you yeah. gotta, yeah. you gotta, you know, if you want to be a dancer, do it. You know, there were things I wanted to do as a kid. Like I wanted to act, I wanted to dance, I wanted to do all this stuff. And I used to, and I didn't get those opportunities and now I, I do it anyways, you know, <laughs> on the side. I take yes. dance classes, I take voice classes, I do all this stuff. And Dude, I have but, so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> but but I would have a whole other be, podcast after this. Yeah. Just all the questions Just that Minji has for offline. David. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. And I, I love I love I'm just like on Cloud Nine. I think that's so wonderful and important for anybody to hear whether you're creative or not but i also feel like in this world you know a lot of the onus goes on you like you're a brand and and you mm-hmm. got to hustle which is all true you know yeah. you got to you got to put in the work you got to you got to build you know work on your craft and think strategically so it's good to know but also to know who to ask for help right yes. to really Absolutely really build something and seek it out you can't yeah. do it by yourself right and like yeah. when you synergize i mean i don't know i just like i feel like this yeah. is where things really take off <laughs> and that's where collaboration is so important in organizations like collaboration oh, and thank listening you. to you know your podcast and things. well yeah going oh. back to just community like understanding that the creative is just one person this giant thing like it's just it's the creative is just one part of the what cause what allows these projects to become real. Mm-hmm. Then you need you, the, you need your market, your you need your publicist, you need your producer, you yeah. need your director, you need your. You, you know, need to become. This. You also need to become a marketer and produce uh, and yeah. publicist for yourself, or or at least learn how to be bold to message. All things. y'all practicing yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And that's where community comes in because, you know, once you have that community, you have that, that support where people actively want to see you succeed and will find yeah. you the resources or find or point you in the right direction even, you know. Completely. if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, David. Oh, thank you, guys. Us for You're this such a natural. Podcast. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, you should start your own podcast or your own podcast. <laughs> no. I like, being, I like being behind the scenes. <laughs> that's why I do PR. <laughs> Uh, well, me too. That's why I only do voice stuff. Oh. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is a different side of Marvin." Everyone sees him at events like working. You know what I mean? Yeah, like in yeah. Sound booth, and this is his his creative <laughs> playground. Yeah, completely. Um, if people want to find out more of your thoughts, um, where can they go? Oh, you know, uh, if they want to email us regarding Kickstarter, they can email us at press at kickstarter.com. Okay. The email will make its way to me, um, and you can find me on social. It's David N I N H. You know, my Instagram's D-N-I-N-H. Follow me on Instagram. 
<laughs> if, you follow, want, follow, follow. if you want. <laughs> um, and for the rest of you, you can reach the Collabcast by emailing us at podcastcollaboration.org. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Radio Public, and wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, leave us a good rating and review if you have the chance. Um, and yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for thanks to Alpha for her song "Nothing Ever Lasts" off her new album "Spark and Fury," another crowdfunded um, album. I'm not sure if it's Kickstarter or not, so I don't want to misrepresent. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, David. Nothing ever lasts. Can't get over this feeling.